We are in a series called Miracle Moments, and I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. That will be our scripture this morning. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and, whom, and, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Can you think of a time in your life where you heard a message, where you received a message that that changed you in some profound way? Even this year, I know some of you have. Someone gave you a message. You received a message that really changed your life. Messages are really powerful. They're powerful. I, I, uh, one of my treasured possessions is a Western Union telegram that my father uh, gave to me. It was to my grandmother. This was in the 19, early 1940s. This was 1944. My uncle Woodrow was um, in, the, uh, you know, in World War II. And one of the things about that time was if you had a loved one who was overseas fighting, um, your community was really had come together. And one of the things you did not want to see in your community is that truck drive up with a Western Union guy getting out and delivering a message to the family. Can you imagine, put yourself in that place. Your, your, your sons are over in a war um, fighting the Germans and the Japanese in World War II. And every single day you're wondering, how's he doing? You know he's on the front lines. You know that you know, the danger is all around him. And then as, as the days go by, you don't, you don't get the letter, you don't hear from anyone, which is, you know, not, no news is good news in these, in these cases. But then the Western Union guy comes to my grandmother and grandfather's house in Virginia. And it says, Miss Jenny H. Greer, regret to inform you, your son, Private First Class Woodrow C. Greer, was on the 19th of March... And it goes on, and I'm going to share the rest of it with you in a, in a couple of minutes. It's, it's amazing how receiving a message can change your life, how, you, how it captures moments. We all remember the first time we, hear, we heard that so-and-so had been killed. We all, anyone of a certain age, remembers where you were, what you were doing when you heard that those planes had flown into the Twin Towers. And you receive that message. Someone calls you and said, turn your TV on. You have to see what's going on. We remember those times. I remember a time when uh, Ali, our oldest grandson, um, was first born. And, you know, they say everybody who's a grandparent knows how amazing it is to be a grandparent, right? We love being grandparents. It's such an exciting thing. that We get to have the kids. Uh, you know, personally, I, I give them whatever they want, you know what I mean? And, and I don't have to worry about, you know, you know hey, I'm the grandfather. I, you know, I'm always trying to give them stuff and, and uh, just, you know, building relationships. It's a lot of fun. You don't have to, we worry about them in certain ways, but, you, you know, you're the grandparents. So it's so much fun to be able to just invest in their lives in this way. But no one tells you what happens as a grandparent when there's a crisis, and when Ollie was first born, um, he, was, he was a little bit sick, and, um, and Jen saw that he was, was ill, and so she took him to the pediatrician, 
And the pediatrician said immediately, you need to take him to the hospital. Jumped in the car, took him to the hospital, down to the hospital, um, let, let the, all the grandparents know, okay, here's what's going on. You don't have to come down right now, but here's what's happening. We'll, we'll keep you up to date. As the hours went on at one point, and I'm making a long story short at one point, you know, Jen called us and said, um, Ollie, stop breathing. And I think when any of the grandparents heard that, we stopped breathing. And the thought of, it, here's what's happened as a grandparent, and you don't, you don't think about this until you become a grandparent. You're, number one, you're worried about your grandson or granddaughter, but you're also worried about your child. The idea of your child losing a child is almost worse than you losing a child. The pain is overwhelming. The, just the thought of it, just the thought. Now, Ollie, Ollie, Ollie's up here dancing around today, so we know the end of that story. Um, he's a good dancer, too. You notice that? Now, I, th- I think the genetic skip to generate, because I'm, I'm, I'm a good dancer, too. So he takes, a, he takes after me. I can do that kind of stuff, you know. Um, Ollie, <laughs> so, so that story turned out well. It turned out, it turned out fine. But, you, but, but messages that we receive at certain times are, 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 are burned into our brains. They have a profound impact on our lives. This morning, I want to continue our series, Miracle Moments. And um, I want to go through the miracle of the message. Because God the Father has been speaking to us throughout time, throughout history. And I don't want this, this, this idea of the, the miracle of the message as we're going through this series, I don't want these, these, these miracles that, that we see at the birth of Jesus Christ to just kind of go in one ear and out the other. I don't want it to be an intellectual exercise where we say, yes, there was miraculous things that happened at the birth of Jesus Christ. I don't want it to be just an intellectual exercise for our church. I want it to be something that we own in our hearts, that we hold on to in our hearts, because it's so easy for us, think about this, to go through this whole Christmas season running around like wild, like wild men and women, getting everything done, coming to church, hearing Christmas messages, yeah, I've heard that before, thinking about other things that you need to do, but never really thinking truly through the miracle of what happened that first Christmas. And so I want to talk about the miracle of the message, because throughout history, God has spoken to his people and God has spoken to his people because he wants to have an intimate relationship with every single one of us. The miracle of the message is that God wants to have that, that intimate, deep, abiding relationship with every single person in this room. So if God wants to have that relationship and he speaks to us, how has he spoken to us is the question. How has God relayed his message to us? Let me share three ways this morning. Three ways that God has relayed his message to us. Three ways that God speaks to his people. Number one, God has been speaking to us throughout history. Through history. There are so many ways, so many different and profound ways that God has been speaking to us. It is God's desire to make himself known. God wants to make himself known. God loves you, you personally. And I say that, and that's one of those things, in one ear, out the other, because God loves me. You know, you think, everyone in the room would think, yeah, everybody knows that, and everybody believes that. That's not true. I've heard so many people say in the last year, I love God and I believe in God, but and I know he loves the other people and I know he has a plan for other people and I know he forgives other people, all these different things, but, but not me because of what I've done, because of who I am, because of, you know, I don't feel that 
God loves you. He loves you. The miracle, the message that God loves you. And he wants you to have that relationship, that personal relationship with him. He's revealed himself because he loves us so much. He's revealed himself through his creation, through everything he's created. And I'm going to read you something in Psalm chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. It tells us this, the heavens, listen, listen to these words. The heavens tell of the glory of God. The skies display his miraculous craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is silent in the skies. Yet their message has gone out to all the earth and their words to all the world. Then listen to this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. It says this, Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. I remember laying in bed when I was seven and eight years old and thinking to myself, how did I get here? I was, I was intelligent enough at that point to realize I would go back in my head and say, at some point there was nothing. So how did nothing turn into something? Well, obviously it can't. So what, so how, how did I get here? And the idea of God, I didn't know anything about God. It really wasn't taught a lot about God, but I, I kind of knew there was a God because the idea that nothing created everything, even at seven and eight years old, made no sense to me whatsoever. I used to have nightmares thinking about nothing created everything. Those night terrors kind of thing. I don't know why I thought about it so much, but you, you get that as a human being. We, as human beings, have a natural tendency to look. And we see the, all that is around us, and we ask questions. And when you ask a question, the answer is clear. How did all this get here? Everything, everything speaks to the existence of God. God is speaking to us. God was speaking to me as a seven and eight year old. God has spoken to you through everything that is around you. You look up at the stars, you see the trees, you see the miraculous events all around you of creation. And God is speaking to us. God has been speaking to us throughout history. God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He speaks in different ways. God spoke to the Israelites, right? Through a pillar of fire. God spoke to Elijah. Elijah, he spoke to him in, 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 the, in, in, in so many creative ways. But in, in one that I remember most is a still quiet voice, a still small voice. God spoke to Joseph in dreams. You know, God even spoke through a donkey when it was necessary in Numbers 22. God wants to get his message across. God wants to reveal himself. Throughout history, God has been revealing himself through us. He even spoke through Hosea in, in, in his family's circumstances. God speaks to us through circumstances, through challenges, through difficulties, through joys. Through, he continues to speak to us. People say, I don't hear from God. Sometimes you just need to take a step back. Get alone. And start thinking about the ways that God is trying to communicate with you through your life. God continually speaks. God has been speaking his message to us through natural events, through angels, uh, through symbols, throughout history. We just have to open up our eyes. We have to open up our hear, ears to hear what he's trying to say. The prophet Malachi was the last one 
to receive a message from God and speak a message from God until John the Baptist. That was a 400-year period of silence, 400 years. Amazing. I pray sometimes that we never, we never have to go through all that goes on around us in the world. I pray that God would never step back and not speak that way. 400 years is a silence for 400 years. But see, even through the silence of speaking to the prophets, they still had the world around them. They could still recognize God through the world around them. So God has been speaking to his people. God wants to speak to his people. God's revelation in the Old Testament was powerful. It was, think about this, it was really, really powerful, but no single revelation could really capture the entire story. No single rebel, no one prophet, right? No, no one event, no one, no one single event could capture the entire story. The whole truth of, of really what God was trying to say. They couldn't adequately capture the picture, the, the God, this picture that God of who he is and his plan for our lives. He couldn't capture his glory and his nature and his plan. No one single event. But then something even more miraculous happens. And this is number two. God speaks to us through his son. God the Father speaks through his son. Miraculous. And we think, well, yeah, heard that before. Again, in one ear, out the other. No, no. Hear it for the first time. God is speaking through nature, okay, through his creation. God is speaking through symbols, and God is is speaking through angels, and God is speaking through natural events, and God is speaking through prophets. And then then we, we have all that information, and they're learning more about God. But then God comes, and he does something even more miraculous than that. Why? Because he loves you that much. God speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. In verse 2, it says, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. See, God sent Jesus into the world to bring his message to us. God sends Jesus Christ into the world. Why? Because he has a message that he wants to get across to you and to me. And so he sends this message into the world. God revealed himself through the message of Jesus Christ. But see, he did more than that. He, he, he did so much more than that. Jesus is more than someone who just revealed a message. He is the divine son of God. The divine son of God. God the father loved us so much that he sent his son. Not just, he's not just the revelation of the message. He is the divine son of God. Jesus is not people, all different religions. This is our prophet. This is our prophet. This is our prophet. Some guy comes along, gathers a group of people around him. He's a prophet, whatever else. Okay. Jesus was not just a prophet. Jesus Christ was not just a prophet. He did, he did more than just proclaim a, the message from God. He is the message from God. He did more than proclaim a message. He is the message. He is God come to earth, God with us. It's, it's miraculous. It's amazing. The message is unbelievable. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, listen to this. If anybody ever questions, anyone ever questions, say, well, the Bible never says Jesus is God. In Hebrews chapter 1, in verse 3, it says, and we talked about this, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, 
He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Now you think, well, yeah, it says right there, he's the exact representation of God's being. If you read, if you theologically look at that whole entire little paragraph there, you look at that, it doesn't just say it once. Who can forgive sins? God alone can forgive sins. Sitting at the right hand, all of those are references to the deity of Jesus Christ. And then in John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says this, the word became flesh. In John chapter 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, so the word is God. So it says in 14, it says, the word became flesh, Jesus Christ, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. If you want to know who God the Father is, okay, just look at, look, look to, if you want to know who God is, look to Jesus. Look, if you want to understand God, just study the life of Jesus Christ. Study Jesus Christ. It's so funny, I've heard people say it to me, and they've said it to me in the past, well, if God would just come down here, and if God would just show himself, he would just, he did. He did. He did come down. He, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God with us, a miracle message. It's unbelievable. And what a phenomenal opportunity for the people of this church during this season, not just to run around and get caught up in all the other things, but a chance to tell the people around you that you love who Jesus Christ is, what this season is all about. Make sure you sit down with your children and tell them the message, the miracle message of Christmas. Make sure you do that this Christmas season. Don't just let us go by and open presents and go on to the next. Sit down with them at some point and talk through. Ask them, do you understand the miracle of the message of what Christmas is all about? We need to do that. And we need to do it with the people around us. People are much more open to hear the love of Jesus Christ at Christmas and at Easter than any other time during the year. So make sure you take the opportunity to share with them. So, so, People will ask, well, just show if, if God would just come down here. And I, this is amazing. I want you to listen to something. In John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, it says this. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And I love this. And that will be enough for us. Really, Philip? That'll be enough for you? Show us the Father. Show us God, and that will be enough for us. I, I sometimes read this, and I, I've, when I was younger, I'd think, what a bunch of knuckleheads. How could they say that? And then I get older, and I'm like, man, that would be me. I'm a knucklehead. So I, I have a lot more compassion for them as I get older and realize um, my own, you know, my own weaknesses and things that I would probably have said. Jesus answered him. He says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, deity of Christ, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? And then Jesus lays it out plainly. In John chapter 10 and verse 30, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. God speaks through his creation. God speaks through, he speaks through um, angels. He speaks through uh, just symbols. He speaks through all these different, he speaks through all these things. He speaks through the prophets. And then he comes along and he speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. And he speaks through his son, Jesus Christ, number three, because the miracle, the message is a miracle of change. God wants to change our lives. God speaks to our hearts to bring about change in our lives. It is incredible. Absolutely incredible. God loves you so much that he doesn't want to be separated from you. He sends his son to earth so that you can be brought back into a relationship with him. And then as you live your life, all the world throws at you. God is saying, I can handle this 
for you through my son, Jesus Christ. I have given you the spirit through the spirit of God, through my son, Jesus Christ, through the power of my word. I can help you walk through any of the difficult circumstances that you face in your life. God speaks to us to bring about change in our lives. If you think I've done this for so long, there's no way I'll be able to change it. That's not true. That's not true. Maybe you really need to start holding on to and truly believing in the miracle of the message. Stop playing around with religion. Stop having half your life and, you know, Christianity, you know, kind of on Sundays or whatever else. And then the rest of the week, you're kind of going, and then you're wondering why on earth am I not changing? Where's the power of God in my life? It's there. You're not drawing on it. You're spending an hour with Jesus on Sundays and maybe a little devotional time once a month or something. And and you're saying, why aren't you? Because we're not spending. We're not drawing on the power that God has given us. God has given us this message because it has the power to change our lives. God speaks to our hearts to bring about change. The miracle of the message is a miracle of change. God can transform my life. God can transform your life. God can transform any situation you find yourself in. Christmas is a celebration of the greatest story ever told. The greatest is the it is the greatest message ever delivered. God with us. Our God is with us. Our God is not somewhere out there and all those songs. He's not somewhere out. He's somewhere out there. He's right here. He lives in me. He's not some distant God. He's a God that's intimately involved in my life. He's a God who cares about every detail of my life. He's a God that that orchestrates my life. If I allow him, I turn myself over to him. He can change me from the inside out. God came near to us so that we could draw near to him. That's how much he loves you. And I'm saying you. Hear those words. That's how not you a bunch of collect you individually. That's how much he loves you. Not just the person sitting next to you. He loves you. He wants to draw near to you. He wants to hold you in his arms. He wants to heal your wounds. He wants to have a more deep, intimate relationship with you. That's the miracle of the message. In Christ, God was reconciling us to himself. He was reconciling us to himself. That is the miracle of the message. That is something we all need to hold on to. That is something we all need to not just intellectually understand, but we need to own in our hearts. There is a miracle in the message of the birth of Jesus Christ. The miracle of the message is that he has set us free from the sin that is in our lives. He has set us free. In verse 3, it says this, after he had provided purification for sins, after he had provided purification for sins, Jesus Christ came to hold one hand up to God and another hand down to you and bridge the gap between you and the Father. That's why the Father sent the Son to bridge that gap. After he had provided purification for sins, see, we have been set free. Because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, we have been set free. We've been set free from condemnation. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have been set free from guilt. We have been set free from shame. We have been set free from those things that hold us back from becoming the person that God created us to be. We, have, we can be set free from regret. Some of you carry around the burden of regret of things you've done in your past. You don't understand the miracle of the message of Jesus Christ. 
Leave it at the cross. Let it go. When you gave your life to Christ, you gave up your burdens to him. You gave up those sins to him. He takes them as far as the east is from the west. That is the miracle of the message of a baby born in, in Bethlehem. That's the miracle of the message. It is a message of love, of deep, abiding love for every single one of us. Life is filled with challenging messages, isn't it? You know, I know some of you know that so well this year. It is filled with challenging messages. If you're a mom back in 1944, it's filled with challenging messages. You're waiting again. The car drives up and, and you're, you're praying to God, please. You don't want it to be your neighbor, but you certainly don't want him to come to your door because you don't know what that letter is going to say. That very straightforward letter that could change your whole life. It's a message. It's a difficult message that could change your entire life. We all have difficult messages. And here's what this one says. Regret to inform you, your son, Private First Class Woodrow C. Greer, was on the 19th of March seriously wounded in action in Moganville, his period, mail address, although it's interesting. It says, you will be advised as reports of condition are received. Dunlop, acting adjunct general. And that's what you get. Seriously wounded. So he's in a, he's, where is he? What's going on? Have no idea. We get these messages in life. It changes us. It's profound. A, there was a, actually a newspaper article that came with, article in 1940s that came with this <clears throat> that my father gave to me. It said, a native-born former Rocky Mountain musician, PBM private, uh, first-class Woodrow C. Greer, 23, has been awarded the Purple Heart Medal as a result of wounds sustained during, and this is, you want to talk about political correctness now, um, the sustained during the Japs unsuccessful mid-march attack on army held positions on the northern solomon's battlefront the medal was presented to greer at an army hospital um, on march the 20th uh, one day after he was injured by mortar fragments that pierced and broke both his legs greer a machine gunner in the weapons platoon of an infantry rifle com- company was wounded while taking part in the defense of his company's frontline positions he has been since evacuated from the uh, from the uh, the battlefield. Just little side note: I, I won't get into the details. I once I was once talking about the details of the crucifixion, and two people in church fainted. Um, we actually had ambulances come like four years ago because I was talking about the the crucifixion, and you know I was sharing the details, you know, and telling the story. And one person fainted in the first service, and the second person fainted in the second service. So my uncle basically um, was wounded, and they said to him in the hospital, um, he had huge gaping holes in his leg through the mortar that the, the came in and cut him open, and he had he had gangrene in his legs. And they said, um, Mr. Greer, we're going to have to take your legs. We're going to have to amputate your legs. And at 23 years old, my uncle said, either I go home with my legs or I don't go home at all. And so they casted him and they, they did something that I won't get into the details now. But if you want to know the end of that story, he lived. Obviously, he lived. Um, he lived to about 85 years old. But if you want to know the details of how they saved his life, I will tell you after. Because if I tell you what it was, some may get queasy. So I want to keep you from fainting on, and having a nice day. You know, go watch the Bengals beat the Steelers. I don't want you fainting. 
So the message, the message that we receive sometimes are they're 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 difficult. We receive really, and I know again, I know so many of you have received difficult messages this year. Some of you have heard the message from your doctor that it's cancer. Some of you have heard the message from your parents that there's a divorce. Some of you have heard the message from your boss that you're going to lose your job. Some of you have heard the message that you've lost someone close to you. Some of you have heard the message at school that, you know, that you've been rejected you know, from this particular school. You really wanted to get into this school, but you've been rejected. There are all kinds of messages that we hear that are challenging. There are all kinds of messages that we hear that are difficult. But in the midst of all those challenging, difficult messages, there's another message that is given to us, and it's, us, it's to us by God. And that message is, I will never leave you or forsake you. You will never be separated from me. Nothing in this world or outside of this world will ever separate you from my love. I love you. I am with you. That is the miracle of the message. So for all the things that we hear, for the year that you have gone through, maybe for the years that you've gone through of difficulty and struggle, God is saying to you individually, personally, I will never leave you alone. I will never forsake you. I will, nothing can separate you from my love because of what my son Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross. In John three sixteen, God's love is laid bare. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Listen to that. Listen to it for the first time that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God loved us that much. God wants to have relationship with us that much. He doesn't want us to be separated from him any longer. He doesn't want you separated from him any longer. The miracle of Christmas is the miracle of the message. God with us. We don't just have a prophet. We don't just have people's words. We don't have, we have God with us. God with us. That is the miracle of the message. If we, if you and I would only believe in that message, that God is speaking to us directly, it would change our lives forever. Our lives would be totally transformed. I want you to bow your heads with me as we close here. I want you to, I want you to really start thinking about the reality of what we celebrate. The miracle of this message that Jesus Christ has come into the world. That God is speaking to us. He spoke to us through creation. He spoke to us through the prophets. He speaks to us through symbols. He speaks to us through natural events. He speaks to us through the angels. He speaks to us through all these things. But most and foremost in our lives, he speaks to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And if we would only recognize that, we would never be the same. Last week, some of you gave your lives to Christ. This morning, you may have heard that message. You may have heard it before, but maybe this morning, maybe this morning, the Holy Spirit truly opened up your ears. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And for the first time, you understand it. And I'm going to give you a chance to respond to it. God offered the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but be with him for eternity. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We will be in an intimate relationship with God. God has held, Jesus Christ has held one hand up to the Father and one hand down to us to bridge that gap. And always asking is that you accept the gift that he's given to you. 
I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you want to, for the first time, for the first time in your life, if you want to pray this prayer, it's not, there's no magic in the prayer. It's in your heart. Just pray this along with me silently. Father God, I thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for the miracle of this message. I get it. I get it. Father, I I don't need a pastor or a Bible to tell me I'm a sinner. I recognize that in my own life, that I, I fall short in so many ways. Thank you for loving me enough to send your son to purify those sins. To stand between me and you and be my advocate. Thank you that when you look at me now, God, you don't see all my mistakes. You don't see my sin. You see your son. I ask for Christ to come into my heart, into my life, to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I would now know my purpose, my purpose for existence. Show me who I am and tell me what you want me to do. I desire to serve you. And I thank you for your love for me and the miracle of the message of Christmas. God, you are with us. I give my life to you. If you prayed that simple prayer, with with the heads bowed, if you will, just put your hand up really quick just so I know if I can follow up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Father God, I thank you for each person who has given their lives to you this morning. I pray that they would be able to come to me, Lord God, so that I can help guide them in the next steps they need to take in their walk with you. Father, I thank you that the angels are rejoicing and so are we, that people have given their lives to you. I pray, dear God, that every single one of us who know you would not forget the miracle of the message and that you would impress upon our hearts to reach out to those who are around us and to share the love of your son, Jesus Christ, with them. Give us boldness, Lord God, to step out in faith. And even though we may be a little uncomfortable, a little awkward, I pray that we would have that conversation with someone that we love, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a family member, whoever it is, Lord God, give us the boldness to share the miracle of your message, God with us. We thank you. We praise you for this morning. I pray that every single person would leave this place encouraged and inspired because of what you've done for us, that we would live our lives for you in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a great, great week.